1: The Philippe Matthews Show at the PM Show. TV. Named the Oprah of the Internet by Mark Victor Hansen. Philippe Matthews doesn't ask questions that are different, he simply asks questions that make a difference. The Philippe Matthews Show features entertainers, bestsellers, authors, We're back, ladies and gentlemen, uh, on the Philippe Matthews Show with another phenomenal, uh, brilliant mind in the world. His name is John uh, Tirasani. He is the author of uh, Paid Training, a really great new concept in uh, 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 owning and operating your own business. The subtitle of the book says Learn the Industry, Leave Your Job, When on Your Own. What's up, buddy? How are you? How you doing today, my friend? I'm good, I'm good. You're calling in from my hometown, Chicago. Yes, sir, the Shy Town. That's right. The Windy City. So uh John, you know, I talked to you before about this book and I thought and still do think it's one of the uh best books written for this new generation, this new economy, uh that's uh ninety nine percent that we're in. Uh brilliant work. Let's start by answering the question, what is pay training? Well the concept's actually pretty simple. It's it's rather than jumping in to an industry that you don't know anything about and going with that old entrepreneurial mindset of, hey, try and fail, try and fail, you'll eventually get it right and preaching innovation. Let's instead take a step back, instead learn from the industry you've worked in, use the experiences around you, then quit your job and start your own company viewing your past experiences working for someone else as just that paid training and um... you know i i really think it puts the reader in a position where they're not going to be you know striking out ten times before they get it right they're going to be able mm-hmm. to get it, right the, get it right the first time uh... i think that's absolutely brilliant um... it, it, it does smack uh, in the face of uh, the many uh, self-help books and self-help gurus uh, that, uh, you know, say you have to fail your way uh, to success. Uh, This book is really the total opposite of that. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it is, and you know, as many as many motivational speakers that you've heard talk about, you know, the, the books that are out there about try and fail, try and fail with that innovation speech, you know, and then they talk about you know how the, how the, the climax of their story is how they got it right and how, how they struck it big with you know their their twelfth attempt. Well, you know that's great, but there's a million other examples of people doing that exact same thing that never hit it big. Okay, so It's it's an anomaly for that person to try and fail a bunch of times. What this book does is puts the person in a position where they're going to be prepared and have a strategic plan, and they're going to know when the time is right to actually quit their job and go on their own. And and it's um you know the feedback I've been getting has just been phenomenal on the book. Absolutely, That's what it should be. Up. You say the reason. So in the book, uh, in the chapter, of the concept: the reason so many new businesses fail is because people are jumping into the industries they know, uh, they don't know well enough, while paying someone uh, to train them on. Yeah, you know, I, I think uh, I, I think there's a lot of people. Sitting around in corporate America, sitting in their cubicle, wishing, wishing they could do something else, and maybe they see an ad on TV or see something in, online and decide to go ahead and jump into an industry that they haven't worked in. And you know, well, you know, you, the problem is just because you've been a customer for that industry or you've seen that industry on the surface. I mean. You don't know the ins and outs of it. You don't know how it's run. And you see it all the time. That's why so many new businesses fail. You know, whatever that percentage is, it seems like it changes quarterly why so many so many new businesses fail after a year. Well, it's because they lack preparation and they lack the experience, the resources to actually do it and um, and get it right. And, you know, that's really what the book comes down to. I appreciate that, uh, in the chapter of the epiphany, uh, you know, you, you know, I, I want to preface this and say that now, this book is for those who are seriously serious, uh, about, uh, branching out on their own, launching their own business, and understanding and following the rules of paid, uh, training, uh, because this is not a book for a career employee. <laughs> so if you... If you have chronic employee disease, you do not need to buy this book. Um, <laughs> or you
0: should not. <laughs> or <if somebody laughs> you should not. Or it'll, uh, it'll cure that disease.
1: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So in the epiphany, you said, uh, you said, I came to the re- came to realize that there are many people meant to be astute employees forever. That was just powerful, man. That just you know just kicks you right between the eyes and between the legs. Yeah, yeah. you know, it's funny I, 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 That chapter I'm really referring to During my time in corporate America as an employee Like a ton of bricks one day It kind of hit me I had this epiphany where it's like Holy cow I don't need to work for somebody else to bring the same deliverable to the client. The client, mm-hmm. ex- the client's experience, for the most part, is coming from the intellectual capital I'm bringing to the table, and that client doesn't care if I have 10,000 coworkers or if I'm working out of my house. It really doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, that client experience could be the same no, no matter if I'm working on my own or working somewhere else. Now, part of that same epiphany, though, was also looking around, looking at my coworkers and realizing you know what not everybody's cut out though not everybody's cut out to leave here and go start start their own start their own company
0: mm-hmm. Um,
1: mm-hmm. It, it, we're all wired differently we we really are And, um, you know, I I think that some people are, you know, feel comfortable in that corporate America setting, and they feel comfortable, um, you know, punching that that, uh, time clock each day. But, um, you know, with these times we're in right now, with the economy doing what it's been doing, a lot of people are starting to wake up and say, gosh, you know, I wanted to be the corporate man. I wanted to, you know, I wanted to be the, the loyal company person for all these years, but, they're looking around now and starting to question that. Mm-hmm. Maybe they, you know. And, and some people that are reading this book are saying, you know what? The light went off in my head. I really don't have security being a, a loyal company person. If I really want to control my own future and really control control the, my destiny, I need to actually go into business for myself. So, what we're seeing now is is a lot of people after reading this book thinking that they were just kind of that, you know. Like you said, have the have the employee disease. I realize, then, hey, you know, maybe I, maybe I should look around and, and and consider this path. Well, you know, uh, not to come down on employees because you do have a, a section called employees. Are some of the smartest people I know, and you say many people are smarter than me uh, who make less money and work a lot harder. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yep,
1: yep. You're, you're really talking about. Uh, this book really is, a, is, is about a radical mindset shift. It might not necessarily be radical, but depending upon where you're coming from. I mean, if you're sick and tired of being sick and tired, this is not mm-hmm. radical. This is really confirmation. Uh, but yeah. for some people that read it and say, oh, this is this is radical. This is radical thinking. I've never thought of this way before. But this is really about mindset. Is it not... Yeah, it, it is, and, and you know that that, that employees are smart, some of the smartest people I know. Chapter, you, you, the most powerful statement in that chapter is, you might have coworkers around you, you might have friends that work for other people that you know have their MBA, that have their PhD, that were valedictorians at their college, and and all of that. And I have friends that do the same thing, but you are going to be a step ahead of them. Okay? It doesn't matter how much smarter they are than you, than you on paper You are going to be a step ahead of them If you come to one realization And that realization is That as an employee You are a piece of a puzzle To make other people money
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Once you have that realization And really understand it Now really understand it Not just be you know, at the surface Talking about it Really understand what that means You're going to be a step ahead, of all of your, all of your quote-unquote smarter coworkers, and uh, um, you, know, you know, without it, and it's huge, it's huge, and, and that was actually part of the epiphany that I that I talked about in the previous chapter as well. But it, it's, uh, it, it, it's big. Well, you know, i want to drill down into this a little bit more because really, um, uh, there there were some things that you said in the book that just uh, uh, reminded me of so uh, many people that uh, I have kno- I have known. Uh, and even many more that, unfortunately, or fortunately, I have had to leave behind. Uh, And I remember uh, just uh, actually a few days ago, me and my my sweetheart, were going uh, wine tasting, and and, um, we were sitting out. I was smoking a cigar, and uh, uh, this couple came over, and they had wine, and we ended up in a conversation. Hey, what are you doing? So I told them what I did, and then they found out one the gal worked uh, in sales (laughs) at Dell, uh, and had done that for a number of years, and and, and her her, her guys, you know, worked for Hitachi and, you know, did sales as well. and They were high-end and high-paid sales, you know, uh, 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 reps or, or account execs, whatever you want to call them, VPs. And, um, you know, one had a boat and all of that. And I just, as I was sitting there listening to them, I just said, wow, what a false sense of security they have. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because you say you say right here on uh, uh, page thirty two, I had to I had to get the page number and the oh, quote <laughs> from John Pierzasi, ladies and gentlemen. He said an employee <laughs> an employee is all that you are, just like the custodian in the hallway or the assistant that uh, you have to, uh, that has to make copies for you or your boss or your boss. The boss. You're an employee, regardless of what level you're at. How much money you make, what lifestyle you have, how many people exalt you in the organization—you can still get fired. Yeah. You don't owe that job. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's happening, and it's been happening. And and, and what's funny about it is, when I started writing this book, it was before um, the the, you know the recession that we're in right now. And Mm -hmm. it's funny, you know, now that it's released during these times, I mean, it's even more timely now. But absolutely. you know, you do not have to look very far, and that doesn't matter if you're a lower-paid employee or a higher-paid employee. I mean, you can make the argument, and it, and it's it's a good argument. The higher-paid employees are more at risk. When, absolutely, when, yeah, absolutely. When the, corpor- when the corporate executives are sitting there, okay, how are we going to get our, st- you know, how how are we going to get our profits up? Well, we're in a recession. We're not going to sell anymore. So the only way to get our profits up is then to cut expenses we want to get rid of the guy making thirty five grand or do we want to get rid of the guy to, you know that's making three hundred grand uh, exactly you know. and, that, and that's the deal man i mean corporate america's tough i mean to have control that control your future you need to work for yourself well if you talk about um uh... when you really want to uh, get down to it have a lawyer explain to you employed at will or at will employee <laughs> <laughs> Yep, and, and talk to me about laying off the uh, company Kool Aid. That chapter really struck you. You know, uh, what, <laughs> is, what is the company Kool Aid? I love that. <laughs> the company Kool Aid is what you're wired to believe. Working in an organization, okay? Wow. I mean, that, that's the you're conditioned as an employee to buy into the idea that. You need to be a part of this machine of an organization for you guys to bring that product or service to your employees, or excuse me, to um, to your clients. So, for instance, um, you could not function on your own and bring that same deliverable to a client as you could as part of this bigger machine. That that's all company Kool Aid.
0: Mm hmm. Um, mm-hmm.
1: You know, I, I'll, I'll I'll give you I'll give you an example. Um, this is a true story. Yesterday, ABT Electronics was in my house rewiring some of my surround sound in my room or in my uh, in my living room, and uh, I started. To, the guys saw my book on the on a table, and they were leaving, and we we're just having a conversation, kind of you know, saying some jokes back and forth, and mm-hmm. I was saying it, you know. We started talking. They told me how much they get paid per hour by ABT to be out there doing this and then I told them how much I pay ABT for them to come out and there's a huge gap right there. So then, know. The question, you know, so then the question becomes, okay, why don't they go into business for themselves and start doing this wiring? They'll make, they'll make a heck of a lot more money. Well, you start taking a step back. I don't know. Well, you know, could we get the clients? Uh, you know, we need that ABT name behind us. We need them to come, You know, we need them to to get this business. Well, that's all company cool. You take a step back and ask, do you? Isn't there other means and other ways of getting clients? Um, for instance, for me, with my company, I used to work at some huge insurance giant. No way in the world when I worked there, no way in the world I, when, when I worked there would we ever think that we would get that, that, that a small company with a handful of employees could compete for those same clients.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: That's all company Kool-Aid. You guys yes. to say, well, you know, Why not? What about that client experience? Why, why does the client need you to be a part of this huge organization to get that deliverable? You know, and, and it's, it's all corporate cool aid and that's that's really what that whole chapter gets into. Incredible. Uh, you know, you also talk about uh, why be loyal to a company that's keeping you down. I mean, when I, when I was reading this book, I said, now, John Sirisani is Italian, but he sounds like a brother.
0: Uh, <laughs> the man's keeping me down. The oh, man is keeping John down, down. Uh And so <laughs> you,
1: you, you said in the book, you say your boss and your company do not care about you. They only care about you as your position relates to their company, not what is ultimately best for you. Wow! Yep. Huge yeah everything <laughs> everything is is in that context i mean you you have to truly be, be naive and this is what happens especially with the younger people uh, the 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 20 something sales associates that are, that are climbing that corporate ladder that that have the manager that um you know is sending them Sending them the uh, sympathy card when the, when their grandma dies, or is coming to their wedding, you know, you, you really say, ah, oh, gosh, I'm really friends with these people. I really like these people, and yeah, you know what? Maybe they do care about you personally. But at the end of the day, anything surrounding your job, any advice they give you, any kind of um, any kind of uh, decisions that they help you with surrounding your career. Are always going to be centered on them looking after their company first. No sales manager is going to encourage you as his employee to leave and go start your own business.
0: Mm-hmm. That's going to make him. That's
1: going to make him look bad. He has a boss to report to. How, why the heck would you let a top performer leave us? Are you are you crazy? It's going to make him look bad. So in the overall context, anything that's happening related to your career is always going to be in the contact is, is always going to be for for the benefit of the company not for you. So my point is when you're evaluating your job in corporate america do not let loyalty hold you back. When you're at that point where you wow. think you're, you think you could leave here tomorrow and start your own business. Do not hold yourself back because of loyalty. It's the dumbest thing, and why are you going to be loyal to these loyalty to, to these people? They're not going to um you know they're not looking out for your best interests in, in the long term anyway. Wow, that's huge that's hardcore, but it's huge, but it's also the truth and as they say, the truth hurts sometimes most of the time because it is the truth and with, when a lot of employees unfortunately live, are living a lot. Yep, 100 percent, my friend. 100 yep. percent, my friend. Yep. Uh, now you also say uh, you have a chapter called uh, "W-2 Employee Don't Get Rich." <laughs> I, you, I mean, this is—I I just freaking love this book, You know, I'm—I'm you know, I'm telling everybody, you know, don't—don't don't walk, run to your computer, go to Amazon, go to—or what's—what's your web address, John? Where can people yep. want to get the book directly? It's uh well you know what I've been directing a lot of people to Facebook go to facebook.com backslash paid training and then um, from there you'll you'll get linked up to our website paid hyphen uh, paid hyphen training.com but but the book's on Amazon BarnesandNoble.com it's on all, on all, on all the sites yeah just just run to your computer pull, pull your phone out stop even listening to this interview and just get the book and then come back to the interview because this this book really I think is you know, I think there, there, I've interviewed so many folk over the years, uh business experts, uh, the gamut. And uh every now and again I get a book that gives me the aha moment that I say this is the this is the voice of this generation, this is the 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 voice of this uh decade or this particular economy that we're in. Pay training is it for me. I I'm, I'm absolutely loving this because it's really even Obama said it's the, it's the decade of the entrepreneur, and you know there there aren't any jobs, and you're not going to get rich being an employee. You 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 <laughs> even went as far as to say in the book uh, you say, look, if you make um, uh, sixty thousand uh, dollars a year and your boss gives you a twenty percent raise, don't let him tell you that you got. you're getting a 20% raise and you're lucky, make him tell you that that's $12,000 per year, thousand dollars per month and, and probably 700 bucks after taxes each month. I mean, you just a hardcore <laughs> yacht. You're, you're not buying a yacht with that extra 700 exactly. bucks. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and that's the thing the W2 employees, they don't get rich. And, and even, um, there's probably a lot of skeptics out there, a lot of cynics out there listening to this right now, thinking, uh, you know, this makes sense for most jobs. I get what they're saying. But no, not me, not me. I'm I'm in a sales role where I control my own salary. I'm going to make whatever I want to make. Hey, that's all conditioning your company has given you to believe. You know, so many sales jobs, you're going to make whatever you want to. You're operating your own business. No, you're not. If you're a W-2 employee, you're working for somebody else. You need need to understand that. That sales rep compensation schedule that they gave you, okay, great. Guess what? That could change tomorrow. Read the small print. They're they're not bound to giving you that, okay? and, and then, uh, you know, I'll give another example. I have a, I have a couple friends that, that that are lawyers, and they talk about being a partner at their firm one day and how they're working 80 hours a week right now. But if they ever become partner, you know, they're hoping to in their late in the, by their late 30s, if they're lucky to be a partner at these big firms, and, you know, that's the, when the payoff's huge. But it's like, okay, well, then what happens? You have to work even more. Yeah, you're making big-time money if it happens, but, but you're still working your rear end off you're never as a w2 employee in a position where you could have that income still coming in and work less okay. you're always okay. you're always just going to be in that you know, running. You're always going to be running, trying to make that money. When you're a business owner, you have so many options. You could hire other people to run your company. You could do other things from a strategic perspective to grow, to mm-hmm. grow your business. Mm-hmm. Um, it, just so many, so many more options as a business owner than you have as an employee. Well, I mean, even being honest, even you said that uh, at one time in, uh, or early in your career, uh, you were deciding to look rich. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Yeah it's um you get caught up you get caught up in the uh uh keeping up with the Joneses uh, syndrome. Well, it, yeah, and and I think and I think that that's the deal and I I mean when you're I mean I was making the same mistake people all over were making and I think that's funny you know I never got foreclosed on a house or anything like that but but if you look around I think a lot of these home foreclosures are are because of people making the same kinds of mistakes uh, that that sure. I was making. Sure. You know, I'm I'm in my mid twenties i'm going you know i'm going to buy a mercedes I'm making a little bit of money now i'm going to buy a mercedes i'm going to buy a big a big house in the suburbs, four thousand square feet. Got all mm-hmm. this stuff going on i couldn't afford this stuff. I was able to buy that house because you know it was easy to get loans on mortgages back then um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know i couldn't afford it now luckily. My career path, and I went into business for myself. I, you know, it worked out, so I was able to afford it. But a lot of other people making those same mistakes, buying things that they couldn't afford, relying on their company. They keep giving them promotions and raises, well, reality hit you're not getting a raise, actually, you don't have a job anymore
0: <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sorry, you are getting passed up on that promotion, and by the way, you're laid off i mean that that's what really happened um to you know to a lot of people all over america unfortunately that's um important. you know and, and it's really not funny but but you you look look around and you know that's why the sort of foreclosure numbers are are what they are. Um, I, I really think as an employee like you just said, you're, you're trying to keep up with the Joneses um, you're trying to do some things uh, to, to to look rich but but you're not rich mm-hmm. um, you know, and it's, it's just a fact of the matter uh, Let's get into some nuts and bolts now because we really, I think uh, brought home the understanding of uh, why you don't want to be an employee you should not be an employee if you have the mindset to be uh, your own bo- your own boss, uh, and, uh, and you you should, based upon this particular piece of of the interview, you should have your own impetus now to to, to kind of jump out on your own. But uh, you also in the book break down uh, really you know how to how to do this, uh, and uh, in the section. Uh, industry evaluation. I love this. He's got a caution sign up. That this section may lead you to ponder whether or not the industry you are in today still makes sense for you. Wow. That's a, yep. that's another, like, aha moment. Talk to us about that. Well, yeah, and by the time you get to that section in the book, it's it's gotten you to the point mentally where you've been able to address now, okay, why you shouldn't work for somebody else, why – um, you you want to consider being a business owner. Okay, so now and it's also getting you to the point. By the time you get to that section on why you shouldn't jump into industries you know nothing about, and you should capitalize on your experiences and use those experiences as paid training. So by the time we get to that section in the book, we talk about okay, now you're there mentally. We've gone over everything I just talked I just mentioned, but now you need to evaluate the industry you're in.
0: mm mm-hmm. huh.
1: Is the industry you're in conducive for you to jump in and start a business on your own? Mm-hmm. Um, if you're in a service oriented industry, it's a little bit easier so like let's say accounting, advertising, um, any kind of brokerage or consulting type of work for the most part, in those types of industries, it's all about the intellectual capital. It's all about mm-hmm. your knowledge. You're bringing to the table for for your clients, okay does it matter that you have twenty thousand coworkers or two coworkers as far as that deliverable to the client goes? The answer is really no for the most part it 's really just about your knowledge and your you being able to do the work so it's easier if you're in a service oriented industry now, if you're in a product oriented industry. You got to put a little bit more. There's a little bit more to do in that evaluation. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you have to have a way to manufacture the product. Um, you have to. Uh, you, you might need capital to buy the machinery associated with um, manufacturing the product.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm.
1: In the in the book, I outline different different areas to look into. I look. I talk about. Um, Um, the the ability to outsource different things. And I I really try to avoid the need for um, encouraging anyone to get investors um, or or really needing any kind of um, large upfront capital. So I I kind of get into that a lot in the book. Um, So that's kind of the whole product versus service that you're bringing to the table and, Mm -hmm. and, and and the path that you need to go. And then I take it a step further and I say, okay, you know what, if you find that the product is going to be too expensive for you to do on your own or you don't have that capital or you don't want to bring in partners um, or investors, okay, can you find service, can, can you find a service deliverable um associated with that product so mm-hmm. so you know is there other ends of that industry that could be more service related so maybe you don't have to you don't have to do the exact same thing and maybe you don't have to manufacture that exact same product, but is there a service in that same industry that your paid training could it, um, has has put you on the path of that, that that you could start a company doing that um you know whether it be you know consulting or or what not is there something service related you could start a company on within that industry it doesn 't have to be the exact same thing you 've been doing at your um exist, existing place of employment um, and then another piece of what I talk about is is it you know can you actually compete in that industry so for instance, I use a um, I use an example of a, a friend of mine works at a large cable company, um, mm-hmm. and he's he's in sales and he's quite successful. Okay, well, if he wanted to start his own cable company, is it really feasible for him to go out there and compete? You know, with the Comcast's and AT&T's of the world, you know mm-hmm. that infrastructure is so big and it's so dominated by some some players that are already out there, you know, is it really feasible to jump into that kind of industry um, and actually, you know, expect to compete as, as, as a small business? So that's where that caution that you referred to comes up, caution, you might have to evaluate the industry you're in and, you know. Switch to another one, but I really lay out step by step. Okay, you know, is there is there a service is there a service oriented thing that could complement this industry? Um, you know, you really walk through that evaluation, and, and at the end you might find, hey, if my goal is to be a, a business owner, I'm in the wrong industry. I need to go get mm-hmm. some page, I need to go get some paid training somewhere else, and kind of smacks you in the face with reality there. But um, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to sugarcoat things in the book. Well, that's what I love about the book. It's just blatantly and brutally honest. Uh, But, I mean, it's really out of uh, love and experience. I mean, it really is. Uh, uh, But you you also say uh, in the book that, you know, let's say that you do find, uh, after you have done your evaluation, that the the industry that you're in is not really conducive to that of paid training of you starting your own business. And you say, hey, it's okay. Find a business. Go become an employee somewhere else. If it takes you five years, so what? Yep. Yeah, that's the deal. I mean, I'd rather see you wait another five years and do this instead of going broke and you know not saving for retirement and you know getting your house foreclosed or you know losing your kid's savings, trying to be a hero, starting a company. You need the paid training. You need it. Okay. X percentage of businesses, new businesses, fail. You know why? Because they don't have the paid training, because they, they mm-hmm. lack the preparation. You need the paid training. So if it comes down to you figuring out that the industry you're in is not conducive to you being able to perform well as a small business, get out of the industry. Get paid mm-hmm. training in a different industry. Start over. Um, that's the deal. You know, <laughs> that's huge for a lot of people. I mean, a lot. You know, again, I think once you get out of that uh, loyalty to the company mindset then it makes sense to make those kind of moves. And you even go as far as to say moving backwards, hey, if you have to take a pay cut to get the paid training to be your own boss, that's not a bad deal. Go for it yeah and and you know as long as you 're not sitting here um stretching yourself too thin from a dollar perspective on what you 're purchasing as far as your home and car and you know and other things that you're doing um you should be able to take that step backwards and what i'm what I, what I'm encouraging people to do there is as they evaluate their job decisions, remember. The point of this job, you're going to, the point of the job is to get paid training to be a business owner. When you're a business owner, the light is at that end of the, the light is there at the end of the tunnel for you to control your own destiny, for you to be in a position where you have income streams without working at some point. You can never get there as an employee, ever. So as you're evaluating your career decisions on what job to take, instead of worrying about you know, job A paying you six grand more than job B mm-hmm,
0: instead
1: mm-hmm. instead look at each of them and say, which is going to expose me to better experience, which is going to give me more resources, which is going to be a better um better grounds for my paid training? Because really in a few years down the road I plan on being a business owner and capitalizing exactly. on that experience. I, I absolutely love that, but you also give caution and say, hey, one of the worst things that you can do is make an emotional decision to quit your job or go into business for yourself right after getting passed up on a promotion or if you get, you know, uh, uh downsized, uh, uh, you know, where your salary is set in half or what have you. So you really shouldn't make this decision, uh, from an emotional, uh, perspective. You should make it from a strategic perspective. is that perspective. Is that correct? Yeah, that's that's very correct, and you should um, make it where, you know, they they say you should, they say, the psychologists say you never should get divorced when you're mad. You should get divorced when you're, you know, you and your spouse are are not fighting anymore. You're just, ah, we've tried everything, done. Same, same with leaving, you know, getting divorced from your job to start your company. It shouldn't be when you're all mad at your boss. It shouldn't be an emotional thing that you just got passed up on a promotion that you thought you would get and you go going and quit mm-hmm. the next day. No, it should be very very premeditated, very planned out, you know exactly what you're doing and and why you're doing it. And then the other thing is also, you know, part of the book I talk about evaluating yourself and looking at, you know, are you as good as you think you are, And, and that's part of the deal there. Well, if you got passed up on that promotion, you know, rather than pointing the finger saying it's the boss's fault, maybe point the thumb and first look at yourself, what could I have done differently? Mm-hmm. why does my you know why does my boss not see me as the star that I think I am mm-hmm. Because, mm-hmm. Because, because guess what if your boss is right. You're not going to survive as a small business owner, anyways. You're not good enough. You <laughs> think exactly. You know, so you need to figure this out before you start your business, not after you start it. You know. So you really need to be honest with yourself, evaluate yourself. You say you there's a part of the book where you say, hey, "Look, am I the smartest cat in the room, or the best in the room, the best in the organization? I mean, really, how do I measure up?" Yeah. Yeah, you got to look around, and and you got to look at from the client's perspective, can you duplicate or bring to the table what other people are bringing to the table that work at work at larger organizations. Now, there's more to it than that, you know. In the sales process, as a small business getting that client in the first place, you know, mm-hmm. you got to have a means of doing that. But but let's just fast forward. You got clients on the books. Are you able to bring them the same product and service? that your larger competitors bring to them Mm -hmm. and what I encourage people to do in the book is just look where you're working right now look around okay Mm -hmm. you know Joyce down the hall is an account manager okay are you going to be able to be as good to as of the clients? Is the clients' experience going to be as, as good working with you as it is with your company is that has someone like Joyce down the hall as their account manager? Um, you know, is, is, is the quarterly reports or, or the monthly statements and, and um, graphs and charts that they're getting with your company going to be as, as good as what they're getting now with bigger organizations? Mm-hmm. You know, you got to really look at those deliverables to the clients and ask yourself that question: Is the client experience going to be as good or better? With you versus your your much larger competitors, because if you're out there just doing the same thing, or or worse, if you're inferior and not bringing that same thing to the table, who the heck is going to pick your little company over companies that have been around for fifty years with you know that are billion dollar organizations? It makes no sense. No one's going to pick you. You Absolutely. have to you have to have something better. You have to have a reason for them to work with you. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Brilliant. Brilliant. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, this is uh, the book that uh, your. I, I, I'm going to call this book the book that your boss does not want you to read. <laughs> uh, so, so when you get this book, you, you 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 read this in private. Don't even share it with your with your with your colleagues, because so they might rack you out. I mean, this is a book that you really have to read. It's a must read for anybody who is an employee. So that's pretty much 99 percent of the damn population. Uh, so. <laughs> So so run and go get this book, Paid Training, by John Siracani. And what I what I wanna close on is you have a section in the book called Don't Ask uh, for dieting advice from a fat guy. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you this is a great read, but It's just it's like having a conversation with John, you know, you just sit back cranking out some coronas, you know, smoking a cigar, right? Uh you said another person you want to avoid asking advice from is any of your family members or friends.
0: Wow. Well, what the hell?
1: Huge, <laughs> man. I've always said this, too, is that, you know, friends and family are just that, friends and family. But, you know, they only see you for as they know you, not for what you want to become. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's funny. You know, I I'll give you a little background on the name of that chapter real quick. When uh, I, I I had played football in college, and I was a big, kind of a big dude playing playing tight end. And after college, I I kind of kept the same eating habits, but wasn't working out as much. So all that muscle eventually. Turned into fat, and I I lost like 50 pounds. And I remember when I lost all the weight, people were coming up to me asking me, How'd you lose the weight? What are you doing? You know, whatever. And then a year later, I ended up putting it back on. Nobody was asking me for diet advice when I put it back on. Anyone asking me a thing? Um, you know, luckily I, I eventually took it all off, and it's been off, you know, f- for years now. But but uh, <laughs> let me just throw that out there. We're on the radio, but the, the weight is off. The weight is off. know yeah. <laughs> but, but it's but it's funny because it just kind of hit me when I'm writing this stuff. It's like you know, you look around, and, and it's even my experiences. You know, I, I didn't come from a family of business-minded people. They're all, mm-hmm. my, my parents are teachers. My brother's a teacher. All great role models. All great. people people, but I don't really come from a, you know, a business-minded minded family, mm-hmm. and, and my friends for the most part, too, growing up, and the people I had influencing me, so when you ask people, you know, should I quit my job to start my own business,
0: mm-hmm.
1: if you're not asking that question to somebody else that has done it,
0: mm-hmm. you're going
1: to... You're going to get the innate response of bad idea, especially mm-hmm. in these times. Especially if you have a job right now, you're going to get the response of, you know how many people are out of work? You should be lucky. You should be so thankful that you have that job. You should be so so thankful. So what I'm telling you is you got to read the book and really understand that light at the end of the tunnel and why you want to be a business owner. Okay? Mm-hmm. If you're asking for advice for people on starting your own business that haven't done haven't done it before, that's like asking for diet advice from a fat guy it doesn't mm-hmm. make any it doesn't make any sense to ask that you know and i mean that's the reality of the situation, you're going to get the fundamental innate response from those people of bad idea bad idea. you need to talk to people that have actually done it love it. Love it. John uh, my good friend, you are uh, just amazing in my eye, and I am going to promote the heck out of this book. I totally, totally believe in every ounce of philosophy and principle and strategy uh, in this work. I mean, it really it signifies, I think, the uh, new mindset that if the 99% is going to survive, because uh, obviously corporate American government is not going to save them, so they can, you know, the, they can occupy as much as they would like. But I think it's really taking your life into your own hands, becoming your own micro economy, and becoming your own pay, developing your own pay train. So I just commend you for writing this book. I mean, it's it's a pretty bold book. I mean, uh, how did you? Uh, how, how how long did it take you to write this book? Yeah, you know, I I started writing it, and and you got to realize um, the foundation of this book is is my you know it, it's really my story. I use that as a foundation, but it's mm-hmm. you know the message is for everybody in any industry. It's not like it's an autobiography or anything. But I, but I, but when I wrote it, it, it was because I was just like looking around, and as a, I'm running my own small business, looking around, competing against much larger competitors and getting clients and beating billion dollar organizations daily and i'm like you know what i gotta just start writing about this a little bit and that's what motivated me to do it but at the same time i was still running my my company i still own a business so um i really took my time with it um it uh i put it aside for a few months thought i wasn't going to do anything with it then um out of nowhere somebody asked me uh uh, for some advice on starting a business, they didn't even know I was working on a book. Um, they just knew I had my business, and
0: mm-hmm. I said, you
1: know, you know, I had written a few chapters of this book. I said, th- you know, it could kind of probably help you. And that particular person read those chapters and thought, you know what, this is awesome. You need to do something with this and get it out there. So the ball got ball got rolling. I got it published, um, but the whole process probably about and yeah, probably about two years from uh, you know point A to point Z. Fantastic. And again, how can people get uh, in contact with you? Um, uh, My recommended route is through our fan page, facebook.com backslash paid training, or you could go to www.paid-training.com. Fantastic. Now you have obviously your own business. What is the business that you do and uh, what is the web address for that? Uh, the business is called Northwest Comprehensive. We are a um, business-to-business consulting firm um, specializing in employee benefits. So uh, corporations um, and, really, employers will hire us to uh, broker and consult their them on their um, um, health and welfare 401K, any, anything really surrounding their employee benefits programs. And the website for that is www. NorthwestComprehensive.com Fantastic John I want to have you come back And talk about more principles and processes In this book I think think you are totally rock And I thank you for being on the show with me today Oh I love it And I love the idea of coming back again I really appreciate the opportunity you got it, my friend. Uh, to stay warm in in the three one two, because I'm here in, in in sunny Sacramento, and I, so I know a lot of my friends stopped speaking to me once I tell them the temperature here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. I know you don't. Want
0: to.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, my friend. You take care. I'll talk to you soon. All uh, right, thank you.
0: All right, bye bye.